have taken your first step into a larger world. Let's go. Hello there. I'm Rowan Williams. And I'm Baz McAllister. And welcome to Force Material, where Baz, I think we can agree, the past eight Friday nights in Australia have been the absolute highlight of 2020. Uh, and no more so than, than tonight. Yeah, and, no, no question. And who do we have to help us break down uh, this uh, breathtaking finale of the spectacular have- season two of The Mandalorian? We have a very special guest tonight, uh, a man after our own hearts, a man who's made two great Star Wars documentaries for the BBC, focusing on the people behind the scenes who made the film such a phenomenon. Uh, they're called The Galaxy Britain Built and Toy Empire. Um, also, they're, they're getting another run, I believe, on New Year's on the BBC so, uh, world, so um, watch out for those. Okay. He's also turned uh, the former one into a book about the British talent behind Star Wars. He's conducted interviews with some of the key people who make the franchise tick, including Gary Kurtz, Roger Christian, John Mollo, Gareth Edwards, and the geniuses of the Palatoy factory responsible for bringing Star Wars figures to the UK, all the while holding down a day job as a BBC reporter. All the way from the Kingdom of Essex, born on May the 4th, 1977, he is broadcaster, filmmaker, author, and Star Wars superfan, David Whiteley. David, welcome to the show. Holy moly, I need to pick myself up on the floor, Baz, for that amazing introduction. (laughs) I just... (laughs) I want that every time I walk through a door now. I feel like I can have that every time I go to the supermarket. Rowan well, luckily, you'll have, you'll have a recording of it. I could be self-indulgent in my own little world. Uh, gentlemen, yeah. it is a real honour and a privilege to join you here uh, on Force Material. And also, um, well, I mean, goodness me, I've, just, I've only just watched yeah. the episode. And, and I watched the, the second half of it through, through, through tears. <laughs> I was. I, I, just, <laughs> I always feel so sad uh, admitting that, but just kind of just sitting there on the edge of my seat, oh, I was just like, "Oh my word, this is this can't get any better," and it does. And that's, yeah. I think that's the whole thing with with the Mandalorian. And you're right. You were saying about you know the last eight weeks have been very special. Um, you know, 2020 has been, let's face it, a, a terrible year. A year we'd rather all forget and didn't happen. Um, but the, but one of the things that's kept us going, especially as Star Wars fans, or as, as just as you know, science fiction fans, or, or fans of of great TV, great movies, is the Mandalorian. And what a what a triumph um, in in bringing Star Wars fans together, and also just just being just, just such an amazing TV series. Um, and and I almost I almost feel like I'm slightly in mourning because it's the end of the end of season two. Mm. Yeah. How, how do you feel it sort of um, has expanded on what we saw in season one? I mean, it f- it, at this point, to me, it feels like almost a different show, but, you know, the same show, but like they've taken it to a brand, a brand new level. That's yeah. 10 times. Yeah. It's, it's like they, it's like when you kind of, um, well, I mean, not that I'm an, on any level uh, or any, in, anywhere near the, the amazing filmmakers at, at Lucasfilm or uh, indeed anybody else like that. But, but when you kind of make a documentary and you kind of, you try and put a story together and you, you kind of put a flip chart together and you, or you put post-it notes together or you, you try and construct something, you know, and you kind of think, right, well, where, here's the beginning, here's the middle, here's the end, here's the story arc, and this we're going to go from A to B and this is what's going to happen along the way. 
Um, I feel with the Mandalorian, they've kind of mapped out so much, so much. Um, and, and I'm sure some of it has been, um, you know, luck. Um, but it, it, I think what's very clear is that they have certainly planned everything. It, it feels like they've very much planned everything. That um, the first season was kind of, you know, let's, let's set the table. You know, and then and then by the second season, it's like, well, here's here's the main course. You know, this is what we've been getting. This is what where we've been going. Okay, so that we we set the table, we put the cutlery out, but here's here's the the meat of it. Here's the actual um, uh, amazing story um, and the connection that grows between the Mandalorian and and um, you know Baby Yoda. We now know as Grogu. Their their amazing kind of relationship and that bond that kind of you know, surrogate father and, and son bond. Um, and I, and I just think that everyone's just been, if you're a Star Wars fan, you're, you're really into that. You know, it's, it's that connection between those two. Yeah, absolutely. This, um, you know, th- this, this episode tonight was, I mean, as you said, as both of you guys said, I mean, the whole series has been great, but this episode tonight was just something else. I mean, I've had oh, about an hour, an hour and a half to to collect myself and and uh, and wipe away the tears after after <laughs> after watching it. You guys are jumping on the pod immediately after watching it, so we're all quite fresh. But uh, I mean, John Favreau, the, in John we trust. John Favreau is our new Lord and Savior, right? Like that is that this episode tonight was just insane. Yeah, I mean, he, he, the guy's a genius. I mean, they're all geniuses. I mean, you look, I sat and watched all the credits because, of course, you've got to get to the, the post-credit scene. Yes. Um, which oh, yeah, we should say, if, if there's anyone watching this who somehow has loaded this up on their, on their, on their uh, <laughs> podcast listening device of choice but hasn't watched past the credits, go back, open up your Disney Plus app, watch past the credits, and there's a, there's a Marvel-style uh, stinger at the end of the credits. That's, uh, it's, it's quite essential. Absolutely. And, and I think that, you know, if you're, if you're like me or you guys, you know, just kind of tearful, emotional, um, you might have thought, oh, that's it. I need a drink. Turn it off. <laughs> uh, no, turn it back on and get to the post credit scene. And I was just watching the credits thinking all those amazing people who, who you know, who obviously we know, you know, but it's such talent. Mm. And, and also to have such a diverse range of directors on on the Mandalorian, but all with that common theme of and that, that uh, shared love of Star Wars. Um, and the shared knowledge as well, I think, because that's what you really can tell with this is that you really get a sense that every single person who's working on that is, isn't just a fan, but they're, they're a super fan. You know, they, they have, they've grown up with it. They've, they've, whether they're, they're fresh to Lucasfilm or they've been there a long time, they have this love of Star Wars. Um, and, and I think that shows in, in the writing, um, in the directing, and in the final production and even, you know, the, the incredible, you know, the, the, the special effects. It's just, it's just incredible. It's like watching a small, a mo- a, you know, a mini movie every week, isn't it? I mean, they've got yeah. movie effects for a TV show. Yeah, uh, really 100%. Is. And, and, and this episode, I think, uh, you know, I was saying after the, the Jedi episode a few weeks ago with Ahsoka, that that was, you know, up there as, as my favorite Star Wars content of the, of the Disney era. Um, you know, maybe, you know, up there with the likes of The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, some of, you know, the high points of Rebels, et cetera, the Clone Wars finale. Uh, this episode tonight, and to be, you know, as I said, we've all just watched it. It's very fresh in our minds. I feel like this is the best thing they've done. I feel like <laughs> I, I feel like this is this is even bigger. This was even bigger and better than, you know, than seeing The Force Awakens for the first time, than, than watching that Clone Wars finale. I mean, the 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 just... 
the whole episode was amazing. And, and, and it's a shame because in a sense, because I feel like there's a lot of parts of this episode no one's ever really going to talk about because everyone's going to talk about, you know, the moment from when the X-Wing shows up um, at, at the end of the episode. But even before that, there's a, there's a whole bunch of great oh. stuff in this episode. Yeah. But, I mean, how, how do you guys think this sort of compares to, you know, the films? Like, do you place it on the same level? Um, well, I mean, yes. I mean, uh, going back to so to the reason I was kind of spurred on to to make the Galaxy Britain built was my my love for Star Wars was reignited. You know, there was obviously you had the wilderness years between 1983 and and the prequels. Then you had the prequels. Then it all went quiet again. Then George Lucas sold Lucasfilm. And then we all got excited about The Force Awakens coming along. And I saw The Force Awakens nine times at the cinema. It same. really kind of tapped back into that, you know, ta- you did your same amount. Yeah, there you go. It tapped back into my kind of love, that the, the nostalgia, but also uh, looking towards the future. Um, and I also uh, adore Rogue One. I'm biased because I've become friends with, with, with Gareth and, and Colin Gowdy, who edited the film. Mm-hmm. And, but this, it, it really, it really is up there. You know, this episode and, and, um, I just, I mean, I normally watch every episode with, with my children and they're both at school at the moment. And cause we were doing the podcast and because of the time difference, I've watched it before them, but I, but I'll be watching it again and pretending that I haven't <laughs> seen it, <laughs> but I want to watch it again. You know, I want to, it's the kind of, it's the episode you want to watch three, four, five times. Um, all the others I haven't had a chance to watch more than once, but this one, I really want to go back in as you say Everyone will be talking about the moment the X-Wing arrives, but as you, as you quite rightly say, up to that point as well, there's loads and loads of stuff that, that, that we could kind of, you know, really dissect and go into. It's, mm. it, f- I mean, from the moment it started, I was just saying, I was just out loud going, wow, wow, <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> I just, you know, it feels like a collective hallucination. It, it just doesn't feel like we could possibly have seen what we just saw, but yeah. here's, I'm talking to two other people who saw it. So it must've happened. And I, I, li- I literally it wasn't just a dream, had- Baz. We definitely saw it. <laughs> I literally just had this conversation with someone before the podcast. Like I was messaging them, like, was that real? Like, did we both just watch this? Like it's, it, 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 yeah, it feels like a dream a hundred percent. Yeah. And, and that's, and that's the the beauty of it. And I think that, you know, a lot of people have been saying about you know the the tiebacks to things like Return of the Jedi in the series, um, and elements of Rogue One, and all those different. You've seen sand troopers and all the kind of stuff that that kind of is in the kind of more expansive universe of the way of the way kind of the the story of Star Wars has been going. So it kind of all feels intermeshed, mm. but it, but it's its own story on its own as well. I mean, I I think there's, I mean, at one point I was slightly fearful they were going to try and tie in too much. And you were gonna, and it was gonna bring the galaxy and shrink the galaxy again. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that I think that that didn't happen. I don't feel that happened. I feel that it still had this kind of expansive feel to it, even though it was. It's interesting, isn't it? Because the, the 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 main characters we've known in Star Wars for a long time have been reduced to kind of almost ancillary characters, and they're kind of on the on the fringes. Mm-hmm. And the central characters are are the Mandalorian and and. And Grogu. So, you know, you still have that. And, and the fact that he has no idea about the force and he has no idea mm. about, you know, you know, the, the good side and the bad side and what have you. And, and it's all just, you know, and that's how you would expect most people would have lived in that era, in that galaxy far, far away a long, long time ago. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know about you guys, but I feel proper Christmassy now for some weird reason. <laughs> yeah. And maybe it's because like we normally Star Wars has become a Christmas thing and we we got Rogue One around Christmas, we got Last Jedi and Force Awakens around Christmas and all that. And it, it just feels like 
you know, this feels like Christmas now. And it's, I guess it's the same kind of time that we would be getting a, a movie. Mm, uh, maybe, maybe that's all it is, but I guess, you know, the, the, the tearful scenes and all the emotion in this episode maybe brought that out as well. So much emotion. I, I agree with you. And, and of course we've, we've had Star Wars every kind of Christmas, you know, my documentaries have come out at Christmas. So the original version of galaxy. And then last year it was galaxy and, and toy empire. And, and it was almost, it was always, you know, tied into the release of a Star Wars film. And I feel like I could just sit back and enjoy that without thinking I've got to <laughs> finish my documentary. <laughs> <laughs> so at what, at what point of this episode exactly did each of you guys start freaking out? I mean, like, did you sort of know as soon as the X-Wing showed up who it was going to be? Did it, was it, was it when he sort of stepped out and had the hood on? Like, when was the, when was the exact, oh my God, it's Luke Skywalker moment for you guys? I can't believe you just said that. You see, I haven't actually said that. I just ran to my wife and said, it was, but to hear you say that, Rowan, <laughs> to hear you say, oh my God, it's Luke Skywalker. I know, it, it still doesn't feel real. No, yeah. it doesn't. It's I, like, hang on, now that doesn't feel real. I, I was watching it with my girlfriend who, who knows, like, I wouldn't say almost, I wouldn't say nothing about Star Wars, but she, you know, it's not her thing. She doesn't, she doesn't know a lot uh, about it and, you know, she doesn't want to. And, and she went, when the, when the X-Wing landed and I'm, I'm in tears at this point, I'm like, I can't believe they're going to do it. They, they, you know, this was like the dream, like we've, you know, Baz, we've talked in previous episodes about like, you know, the ultimate, you know, obviously we're going to see who we reached out to and through the force in episode six and the you know the ultimate guest star would be if they somehow made it luke skywalker um and when i you know when it became clear that's what they were going to do uh you know I, it was just overwhelming and and bell was like you know my, my girlfriend was like well you know who is this and i'm like oh you'll see in a sec and she's like oh just just tell me i'm not going to know who it is anyway and i'm like no this is one of the few characters you will know them like this is, <laughs> yeah, this is luke freaking skywalker like it's it's uh, it's insane that we just saw luke skywalker in his prime you know mowing down dark troopers who also how great is it that the episode spent so much time building up how indestructible these dark troopers were so that when luke skywalker showed up and just easily disposed of them i mean yeah like tin cans exactly it's just such an ultimate luke skywalker moment you know the the green lightsaber flares up and and it's 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 I, th- I think, I mean, obviously I, I knew it was him when the X-Wing showed up. So I'm sure both of you guys did. He steps out, he's got the hood. It's like, they're doing it. That's, that's definitely Luke. But it wasn't until that green lightsaber switched on yeah, that my yeah. brain just was willing to like, just accept this is really happening. This is really Luke Skywalker. Well, I, I always feel like I'm kind of half a beat behind everybody else because even when, even when, the, when, when I saw the X-Wing, I thought, could it be? I wasn't entirely convinced. Um, but then when the, the, and I was, I was still, I think I was in denial thinking, no, 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 it can't, it can't really be at that point. I started, I started <laughs> welling up thinking it, it is, it is. When you see the green lightsaber, I thought, right, this is it. And then, and then, you know, his gloved hand and, and everything. And I was like, right, okay, this is, they've gone there. And, um, you know, they've given, they've, and I, as I put on Twitter, they've given, you know, I, did say, I, I just wrote Merry Christmas styles fans. I didn't put anything else. Yeah. Cause I thought, you know, this is it, you know, it just, you know, what a way to end the end the season. Yeah. I remember when we first saw the trailer for this season and there's a shot of an X-Wing in the trailer row and we were breaking it down on this. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I said, I reckon that's Luke Skywalker. I'm betting it is. It's got a silver R2 unit. Of course, it turned out to be Paul Son Young Lee's character. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know... Pretty I, much even the same it, thing. I think we can all yeah. agree. 
but a but few Baz, weeks you're very right? close there i think you know yeah. i think you should i think you should be awarded a, a credit for that because <laughs> you. You, you can say i saw luke Scott, I, you had visions you know you yeah. used the force and you saw yeah. that he was he was going to be in it the partial credit for sure yeah and a couple of episodes ago we, we were sort of thinking oh well who might have answered grogu's call there's all these jedi out there there's cal kestis from fallen order there's uh, maybe, maybe the ghost of Yoda, maybe the ghost of Qui-Gon, maybe, you know, I feel so stupid now because it was always going to be Luke. It, I, it always had to be Luke. I figured it was going to be Luke, but I just wasn't sure how they were going to do it. Like, I, that's what, that's yeah. what, that's what, that's mm. the mm. one thing where I'm like, well, maybe it's not Luke because like, how are you going to do this in a way that, that looks cool? And also once it's Luke, that's such a commitment because then it's like, all right, well, Luke's part of this story now. Like in theory, he might pop up again or whatever at some point. Like, I mean, my God, we haven't even like. Is there a Mandalorian season three? Is Mandalorian yeah, season know. three the book of Boba Fett? Like, we, you know, Mando's story could be over, and I'd be satisfied with that at this point. I feel like his story was, in retrospect, his story was get the baby to the Jedi, mm-hmm. and he's I, done that. I thought there was going to be a season three, unless I've. They've, they 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 announced it, but then it, obviously at the end of the post credit sting, it says the book of Boba Fett, December twenty twenty one, which is when they announced Mandalorian season three was coming out. So it's like, oh, is, hang on, is this a separate series or is the book of Boba Fett Mandalorian season three? Like, are they true detectiving it, where you you follow certain characters for a while and then you follow you know different yeah. characters for the next? Because be I mean, it could be the book of Boba Fett. Uh, to me, that I saw that as a TV series. I've seen some people saying, is it a book? Is it an actual book? I think oh, no, definitely a, not. Uh, no, I think it's going to be a TV series. I agree. Um, uh, so, so yeah, have they, who knows? I mean, you know, mm-hmm. it's, we, we were treated, weren't we, the other day to these announcements of these amazing mm, things yeah. coming. I was thinking, what? Well, which one? And I was, people say to me, what, what are you most excited about? I'm like, I don't know, all of them. <laughs> 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 you know, because, because, you know, we, 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 we love, you know, lapping up Star Wars content. That's why you guys have got this fabulous podcast. And, you know, we we just adopt. But I, I've enjoyed this so much. I'm, I can't even think of Obi-Wan Kenobi and, and Andor and Ahsoka yet because, mm. because you, you, we're still so much, so, so much focused on, on The Mandalorian mm. and what happens there and, and what continues. And as you say, this, this book of Boba Fett, December 2021, is that running, you know, at the same time, is it is mm. it, it going to be the Mandalorian three? I mean, we just don't know, do we? Yeah, mm. Mandalorian's one of those words like detective and true detective, which could refer to anyone. So yeah, know, it could easily be it, it, yeah. exactly. the Mandalorian season three. Yeah. Although, having said that, this episode reopened the debate that we thought closed in episode six when um, when uh, the I'm forgetting the, the 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 character's name, not Bo-Katan, but her Oscar. Koska, when Koska yeah. Reeves says to Boba Fett, "You're not a Mandalorian," and he says, "Never said I was," and you're like, "Oh my god, I thought we, I thought we settled this debate." <laughs> yeah. uh, so you know whether he's a Mandalorian or not, I guess is still apparently up in the air. But uh, but I mean, you could definitely. Well, his father him. was, wasn't it? His father yeah. was. It was in the chain code on the on the armor, wasn't yeah. it? I mean, yeah, we, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. That so kind of gave him some credence there. Yeah. So look, it's a strong enough claim. You could have Boba Fett be the lead of season three of the Mandalorian, and I don't think you're. Uh, you know, I don't think that's too much of a stretch. Um, but yeah, I mean, do you, like w- I, the only the only thing like I was I was trying to sort of uh, talk the show with someone just before we recorded this is like 
does that make sense in terms of like, could you just end Din's story here and switch over to Boba Fett? And the, the only things I think keeping Din's story open at this point in terms of, you know, like preventing you from doing that would be they just established this conflict over like, how does uh, Bo-Katan take the Darksaber from Mando, which wasn't resolved in this episode. So presumably that'll be resolved next season. Uh, well, that feels like a bit of a false conflict because Bo-Katan just was given the saber by Sabine in the first place and that wasn't a problem. Um, and then the other thing is, will we ever see him kind of like reunite with like the armorer and the rest of his covert, like the other Mandalorians? Uh, will he go back to them and be like, hey guys, I've learned so much about the galaxy. Uh, you know, we don't have to be a weird extremist cult anymore if we don't want to be. Um, you know, like, is, is all of that ever going to go anywhere? Like, but, but honestly, I feel like the moment, like in terms of the key sort of themes of this story, like when he opens up his heart and takes his helmet off and has that moment with, with the baby and, and then, and then gives the baby to Luke, like you could end the story there and I'm happy. Yeah. yeah. And also the, you, you hit the nail on the head that he's taking his helmet off. I mean, that's, mm. yeah. and that to me. I mean, apart from, as you say, he could regroup with, with the other Mandalorians. They could go and try and retake Mandalore. Um, now they have this kind of common theme. And as you say, they're, they're not these weird outcasts. They have a purpose and they have a home that they can reclaim. Um, but his, Din's entire story was, was being a loner, mm. you know, and being this bounty hunter. And then he turns, you know, in, in that fabulous, still one of my favorites, that fabulous chapter three. Is it the sin? I think it's the sin in season yeah. one. Season one, and then yeah. he changes yeah. his mind and goes back and saves saves Grogu. Yeah, uh, it's always been about their connection and and knowing that he's you know taken the helmet off. Okay, we know he did it in the last episode to kind of get through, you know, at the uh, the Imperial base. But the very fact that he's done that for him, you know, and they have mm. that tender moment, almost like father and son. Oh, yeah, God. That's that, as you say. You could end it there, couldn't you? You could end that. You could end the story there. But I don't think they should. I hope they don't. <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the dropping your kid off at university moment. Oh that, yeah, you know, yeah. It's like don't, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it, but but the but the lecturer is Luke Skywalker. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, oh and, and the assistant professor is R two D two. So I think, you, I think <laughs> the kid's gonna be okay. Yeah. Yes, yeah. but the only problem there is that the school is Columbine because Kylo Ren. Oh yeah. So that that and that that's where even though I you know I love uh, you know the Force Awakens and I and I and I love the Last Jedi and 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 parts of Rise of Skywalker. Um, I I did for the first time ever kind of feel myself thinking during this episode or maybe immediately after this episode, and I, and I feel bad even saying it out loud. But Don't I was I, I was well, I, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. I kind of wish the sequels didn't exist for a second because, because I'm so intrigued by the end of this season that I kind of wish I didn't know anything about what happened past this moment. Like I kind of wish we didn't know that Luke's school was going to end in disaster and that, and that Luke was going to become, you know, a, a, a loner on Octo and, 
and all of that is going to happen. I kind of feel like that with the, you know, when, when, you know, they've been through all the struggle of the original trilogy and they get to the end and the statues of the emperor being torn down and yeah. <laughs> dancing and, and everyone's happy and everyone's hugging each other and wedge hugs everyone and blah, blah, blah. They're all having a great time and they're having a campfire and a cookout and it's brilliant. And then it's like, oh yeah, but a few years down the line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can we just can we just pretend? Okay, because because then of course it's then you know we then go into the sequel trilogy, and it's it's a whole new set of struggles. But you're kind of like, but they went through all that. They're gonna they're gonna do it again. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> now and, and I know the comics have sort of established that like maybe maybe you know the way that the temple was destroyed was not as violent as what we originally thought from the films that maybe you know kylo didn't sort of you know at least in the comics it, it the, the the kylo ren comic it seemed like he didn't kill all of the other students until like a few of them sort of followed him and and he had a, a, sh- a fallout with them but um so there's definitely scope for grogu to just sort of escape unharmed from that scenario or he could just leave well before that happens or he you know he might be away that night or whatever but I mean, do you, do you think we'll sort of be in, in custody of his dad? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah he's, he's he's off visiting his dad that weekend. Yeah, yeah it's half term. It's half yeah. term, and uh, he's he's on a he, you know they're doing an outward bound thing. You know they've gone kayaking together. You know, the father son bonding time. Uh, you know, and then and then they get back. Go, what what happened here? What what's happened to the school? Where, where's everybody? <laughs> And, um, and and Grogu might sort of be going through his awkward teenage stage by that point, so you know yeah, who because he'll who knows? be like a hundred by then, and then that's yeah, his teenage years, <laughs> yeah, <surely. laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, they could, and then they could just decide to kind of you know have their own father and son business in a far corner in the outer rim. Yeah, um, yeah, they know. could give him the the Ezra treatment, where you know at the end of Rebels, they're just like, yeah. oh, and Ezra got transported to uh, the the edges of space. We don't know where he is by, by space whales. It's space whales ever coming back. Exactly. Yeah. So they could just do that. To, they've they've got a they've got their method prepared to just sort of safely ferry off characters who they you know who they don't want to have to explain their absence during the sequel trilogy or whatever. So I mean, it works, but. I don't know. Do you guys feel like we'll see Grogu again as part of this story? Like in, or, or was this, was this the end of his arc in the Mandalorian? Oh, I hope we see him. <laughs> but you, but I, I suppose think, they've teed up so much now, haven't they? With, with this announcement that you've got these fabulous series in production um, at varying levels, I'm sure. But um, there's no reason why uh, given, given the time scale of where things are kind of set, mm. certainly with, I presume with Ahsoka and and with the Obi Wan Kenobi series, there's no reason why, given that that species lives to you know 900 years old or whatever, mm-hmm. um, that he could he could conceivably crop up in in the Ahsoka series or the Obi Wan Kenobi series. Yeah, um, and we and then you're instantly brought back in again, and there'll be a whole other raft of merchandise <laughs> the repackaging yeah. of Grogu. <laughs> I mean, I've got I've bought ridiculous. I've bought Two animatronic Grogu's for the for my you know, one each for the children, and then I thought I've got to get myself one. So I bought <laughs> yeah. myself one, and it's sitting in the cupboard because I can't get it out because it's for the other. They're for Christmas, you see, so I can't make out. I, yeah, so I can't have my own one in my office until until the kids get theirs Christmas Day. But you know that you can just see it, can't you? You can just see, you know, this may be the end of Grogu's story with Din, mm. but it may be that that he comes back in in you know as a semi-trained or a fully trained jedi mm. 
We better put a spoiler alert up top so that David's kids don't listen to this episode. Um, <laughs> well, they already know that I've, if, if they do hear it, they'll know that I've cheated on them and watched the, watched the episode. Yeah, probably best they just yeah, avoid this. This would be like the yeah. worst. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It'd be like the, the equivalent of what everyone's doing on Twitter right now about this episode of The Mandalorian. Oh, <laughs> just on that, yeah. guys, don't, don't, don't be uncool. Don't spoil the, 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 you know, if you're listening to this and obviously by the time you're listening to this, it'll probably be, you know, the morning after the episode drops or whatever. And I suppose all the spoilers will be out there, but like, come on guys. Like, I think we were all sort of lucky enough not to be spoiled before we watched it, but people are just openly posting about like Luke, they're posting screen grabs and it's like, you know, I understand once the episode airs and you haven't seen it, you should try and just stay off Twitter. But like, not everyone is as obsessed with Star Wars as we are. Like, it's not the first thing everybody does when they wake up or whatever. Like, you know, in America, this is, it's like 4 or 5 a.m. and people are getting up and, you know, they're all bleary. They're just like, oh, yeah, I'll check my phone for a second. What the hell? So, like, y- you know, just just be cool, guys. Don't mm. Don't spoil stuff. Like, try and, you know, if you love that experience of seeing Luke Skywalker on screen and not knowing it was going to happen, why would you not want other Star Wars fans to have that experience? It's it's wild 100%. to me. Yeah, yeah. I, I have to say that 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 up until last week, um, every week it was sport for me. I, I'd seen bits that I wish I hadn't seen because I was catching up with it on a Sunday, um, and and you know you still I still with with you know work things have to scroll through Twitter. Of course, I follow a disproportionate amount of Star Wars people as I <laughs> like you guys, you know, uh, and obviously I'm one as well. But you know it's. You know, you can't help but see it, and and I was getting really cross to myself. I was having to spend, you know, not try not to look at it or scroll through fast, and then I think actually I'm just going to leave my phone alone. So I'm lucky that last week I didn't have it spoiled, and this week I've 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 dived straight into to chat to you guys, um, and and it's fantastic. But you're right, you know, just just lay off for a couple of days. Forty eight hours, I think, is a yeah, is a fair amount of time. Would yeah. you say? Yeah, after that, it's kind of on you if you haven't if you haven't watched it. I mean, there's all sorts of reasons why you might not have been able to, but you know, at that point, most people Two or three have seen days. it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And if you haven't seen it by then, you've at least had time to set up like your, you know, your mutes and your your you know, <laughs> mute particular words and and what have you. But uh, yeah, man, I, I don't know. What what did um obviously everybody is sharing the you know images of Luke Skywalker, etc. I mean, what did you guys think of how Luke? looked in this episode i got i got a tiny i must admit to having a tiny bang of uncanny valley off it mm. um i've thought this about the way they did tarkin in rogue one the way they did leia in rogue one the, the way they did the skywalker twins in in rise of skywalker i've always it's 95 percent there mm. but it'll never be quite the real thing and um but having him in that kind of priestly stance and the mm. very impassive face really helped sell it. Mm. So, you know, I, I didn't really mind. The only the only problem I had with it really was he said four years to get that glove situation sorted out. <laughs> and he couldn't, <laughs> couldn't be bothered to either <laughs> get his get hand repaired or get out. another yeah. glove. You know? Oh, come on. You know, he was shot in the hand and Tatooine. And he's still just got this. Well, he might be a yeah. new glove, Baz. To be fair, he may treat well, yeah. himself to a new leather glove. He may have. Yeah, he may have a load of left ones that he sells on, you know, on eBay, <laughs> back to eBay or something. Yeah, uh, that he that he has to keep buying a pair and just, you know, um, he's yeah, like I, the Michael I, Jackson I, of the Star Wars universe. <laughs> I, I, for me, I well, think, don't leave yeah, Grogu um, with him then, for God's sake. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I I was I. 
I was pleasantly surprised at how well they got him actually um, with his with the CGI. Um, and of course, I'm sure we'll find out who actually played him mm. uh, at some point. Um, but is was that Mark Hamill's voice? Was it? Yeah, he was. He was credited in the in the end credits. Uh, I didn't. I didn't. I. I was. I was too. I was. I was too tearful at that point, Rowan, to to look at the <laughs> credits properly. But um, yeah, I thought it. I, it I, you know, because I know people can do impressions of him, but it was do his voice. But it was. I was. I was convinced it was him. So glad yeah, to hear that yeah. he he did that. I, I do wonder if it was him doing an impression of himself as a younger man, or mm. if they've modulated it somehow. Because uh, you know his, his voice in Last Jedi was very distinctive and a bit more gravelly than mm. than his kind of you know original trilogy um, pitch. But uh, yeah, I wonder if he's capable of like doing himself. Well, 30, he's a forty years ago. Well, he's great. Yeah. So yeah, so, yeah, yeah. To, to be able to do yourself thirty, forty years ago <laughs> you know, is is uh, yeah because we all get more gravelly as we get older. Yes. Um, I mean, just look at just listen to Harrison Ford's wonderful gravelly tones. You know, it's mm. Um, mm. You know, we all get more gravelly as we get older. But I, I yeah, it, it was it's nice to know that they that they that Mark actually voiced him his own character in it. And um, you're right, the fact he was standing there in a kind of you know, he he just you know decimated this this uh, you know battalion of of dark mm. troopers, made it look rather easy compared to poor old Din, <laughs> um, and yeah. and then he just stands there in a very as you said, Baz, in a very priestly and, and upright, um, having just kind of you know laid waste to the to to Moff Gideon's finest fighters, um, and then just holds holds Grogu. I think yeah, I think that given his because that was the kind of stance he kind of adopted wasn't it when he when he came into Jabba's palace mm, it was yeah. kind of you know, before he was then you know then panicking in the the the, the rancor's pit um you know he had that kind of elegance about him as well mm. jedi kind of elegance and 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 uh, poise yeah and i i think you know Baz, it's, it's interesting you mentioned you know the uncanny valley etc like I, I sort of agree with you on like Tarkin and Leia and Rogue One have never really worked for me like I you know I appreciate what the, what they're trying to do and and you know I know for a lot of people like it 100% worked uh but yeah for me I I've just I never I never really bought it I always just kind of wish they'd stuck with stuck with uh you know when they first introduced Tarkin and he's kind of looking into looking through like a, a, a you know glass on the Star Destroyer and I was like oh, I wish you just stuck with that angle because it wasn't as obvious then um but yeah, the, the Luke in this episode, he still kind of had that kind of like, you know, slightly unreal feel to him. But I think because of the context of it, like that moment felt so unreal. And the whole thing, just him being there was so sort of ethereal and like, what is what is happening right now? And it was such a like superhero kind of like am i dreaming this is this you know what is this kind of moment that the fact that he didn't look quite 100 percent real didn't bother me it, it kind of just like it almost added to the i don't know it's probably it's it's not that added to it but it it, it didn't feel out of place it, it 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 fit for me in that in that moment and and the voice I, I didn't even he just sounded like i would imagine yeah you know luke sounding like i never even thought about the the voice until we just started talking about it it was just spot on so yeah what a what a moment yeah i think i think there's there's so much to unpack with the whole the whole episode the whole chapter um and as you quite rightly said at the beginning of this is that is that you know we so much is going on oh, yeah the whole episode it's like it's like they, it's like they get this super group together at the beginning yeah. it's like and then everyone everyone says i can't do that because of x y and z and then they say they got the kid 
and then instantly they change, you know, yeah. the doing changes, you know, every, whenever they, whenever, whenever they got the kid and Bo-Katan, she's, everything's like, oh, right, they got the kid. Okay. That, that changes everything. As soon as that happens, everyone loves this, this child, mm. but that's just not right, you know, and, and that brings all these people together, you know, all their differences melt away. And, and it's all about, it's like in the, the, the previous episode when, when Boba Fett says, I may, you know, we, we have a pact, Mm. You know, cool, I made you feel, you know, really like, wow, this is incredible, you know. And mm. and the fact that everybody has this this common goal to 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 save the child. Mm. Um and then of course you then get kind of the second act when when the um when the uh, the X Wing turns up and uh, we all know who who jumps out of it. Yeah. The the think just thinking about the episode before Luke turns up because we haven't really discussed much about that no but, i was like some people <laughs> won't even talk about it yeah. and then i to only talk not. about luke for like an hour <laughs> but uh you know we, we've got there's dr pershing is in um mm-hmm. their hands now and he's admitted to to what he's doing mm-hmm. um and he might be persuaded to tell them more moff gideon's in their hands now mm-hmm. um the dark troopers are gone mm. uh, the threat of gideon has been eliminated in terms of his military might is gone um, you know, there's a lot to sort of, there's a lot that's changed there. And obviously, um, post credit sequence, Boba Fett's left the band and he's off on his own <laughs> adventure. Yeah, he's done it. Yeah. He's going to, he's going to kick ass elsewhere. Yeah. Um, and when he saw that, I was like, we saw the exterior and I went, Oh my, really? They're, they're going yeah. here now. This is, yeah, this is incredible. Um, well, that, that was the, that was the thing where in the, in the credits again, and you know, I, I'm not, I, I don't know how I saw this through the tears, but but in the when it listed the the actors for this episode, uh, it had Bib Fortuna listed as a character, and I was like, Bib Fortuna, where did that? I was like, oh, I must. There must have been like a super brief cameo when I when I zoned out for a second or something. And then obviously, yeah, the the post credit scene is is where he popped up. Yeah, yeah, and and he's just assu- he's assumed the throne. Yeah, he yeah. got blown to pieces uh, in the desert. I mean, I really did. Um, so, but they, he obviously didn't. He obviously escaped the fate of his former master. Yeah, and 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 kind of, there was almost like a, you know, it's like a, it's like a, the Santa Claus when he when he pushes Santa off the roof and then slowly becomes Santa. There was almost <laughs> a, you know, there was there was kind of a moment with like Bibbs Fortuna was kind of becoming Jabba. He in, was, um, he was, the, he was getting larger. That's yeah, sure. yeah, taking on a. He's been having a lot of deep fried frogs, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's got the same the same taste in dancing girls, the same taste in guards. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I like the fact that he's got now got a throne on top of the old throne. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll just put that there. We won't get rid of the old thing because that kind of worked. We'll stick this on top. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a shame he, he only lasted a minute. I, I could have really stood to see a bit more of Bib, uh, you know, especially if there is a series. Mm, he survived forward. all that time and then he got 30 seconds and blown away. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been cool if, if Boba slung him in a dungeon so he could taunt him or talk to him or get information out of him. Or you know, that would have been cool. Yeah, I wonder whether we're going to see the descent of the Rancor actually. Yeah. yeah, when when she was standing on the grill, I thought, oh, don't stand on there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they might have a uh, they might have a replacement Rancor in there by now. You know, a yeah. few years have passed, or what anything. It could be a boar gullet, or you know, any yeah. kind of could weird be. creature could, could be well be. Yeah, yeah. You raise a great point, though. I'm not sure, Baz. If it was, I'm not sure if it was you, uh, David or Baz. One of you mentioned that you know they they've got. I think it was Baz they, that they've they've got uh, Moff Gideon now. They've got Pershing now. I mean, especially with Moff Gideon, I feel like Pershing might be kind of helpful or whatever. But 
but Moff Gideon, I feel like that that's something that I, I hadn't really thought about until you brought it up, but there's a lot of potential there in a Mandalorian season three for him to almost be like a Hannibal Lecter type character where, you know, he, he's behind bars, but he's still kind of messing with them and, and, you know, maybe, maybe he's giving them some information, but uh, he, there's always like an ulterior motive there. So yeah, I think, well, I think that could be a lot of fun. Quite possibly, but I'm thinking if, if, um, the Rangers of the New Republic show was a lock in with Cara Dune and her, you know, mm, building mm. a squad. He could possibly fill that role in that show. Yeah, that because I sense. think I think he's in her custody now. Yeah. Uh, I don't think yes. anyone's going to yes. get him out of her hands. That so was, yeah, that was a rather cool move on her p- behalf, wasn't it? To kind of mm, yeah. he's about to take his own life, and she <laughs> knocks yes. the blaster out and then yeah. knocks him out. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> I was very swift. <laughs> Dealt with that rather quickly. But I, yeah, yeah, I mean, there are so many possibilities, aren't there? Um, you know, I mean, I I like to kind of think of the the guys at Lucasfilm. You know, the the whole team, and they kind of got this. You know, they like they've got a big table, and there's everything written on it, and they've got like you know these different possibilities, and this is connected to that person, and that person, this planet, and mm. and all these different things um, that that we could be in store for over the next ten years. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Insane. I mean. You know, I mean, I think I, I mentioned it earlier. I touched upon it. You know, I was calling the Star Wars wilderness years. You know, the kind of the nineteen eighty three to sort of ninety nine, where there wasn't much going on, and and certainly the love of the the Star Wars toys waned around nineteen eighty five. And in in the UK, you had bags of six figures for ninety nine pence at Woolworths, um, <laughs> and I would st- I was still buying them at that at that point. But then after that, everything you know, people grew up and. Um, and then, and then everyone thought Star Wars was kind of finished. Mm. Um, then we had the prequels, which, you know, it brought in a whole new generation of fans. And then of course the, the sequel and now, and now you think, oh, how, how can they possibly get any better? And it does, it just, mm. you know, the, the Mandalorian has really, really unified the fandom, I think. Um, mm-hmm. and we're all, we all get very excited. And I think that, you know, tapping into to Obi-Wan and, and, um, Cassian and Ahsoka, their stories i think will it's just going to go on forever isn't it and, mm, and yeah. with people with the talent you've got you know in feloni um and, and favreau you just got these and, and the directors that they get in and the writers um mm. you know it just feels like it's just going to get better and better yeah i feel that if we're sitting here in a year's time talking about whatever's next mm. and, the, and the book of boba fett or or you know other series, um, I think we're going to be even. You know, this this will this will pale into almost insignificance, and yet at the moment it's it's amazing, and mm, I yeah. think they just seem to go from strength to strength. They do. They finally figured out how to please all the people all the time with this show, <laughs> um, which is very difficult when you've got yeah you know, millions of millions of fans around the world. Yeah, that's right. And I think that with everything they've announced, it'll please each one will please most of the people most of the time. Absolutely, um, I would say so. So we're not going to get as divisive. I, I wouldn't say again. It's um, seems that they've they've got the formula locked down now, and I, I think mean, that it, part of that is Favreau and Filoni knowing exactly what what people are demanding. Absolutely, it, it's hard to say though because it's it's just so difficult to know what people are going to find divisive in the first place. Like I'm sure when they made the Last Jedi. I don't think they thought it was going to be that. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, yeah. I think they probably thought they were making a fairly like traditional Star Wars movie, and 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 then, you know, obviously with it with a few, you know, twists and and uh, you know, challenging people's preconceptions or whatever. But I, I doubt they expected the level of blowback they got. And it's, I think it's mostly a, you know, it's not a huge segment of fandom. It's just a very vocal segment of fandom. 
Um, yeah. and, and they, I, they that might be there for for later projects. So it, you know, I, I'm not I'm not I'm not really taking my cues from what those people think of these shows. But you're right. I, I think what they've announced does sound like stuff that will appeal to you know quite a broad group of people. I was just trying to be optimistic because it's Christmas, but I did forget <laughs> <laughs> that just five episodes ago we nearly cancelled Grogu for eating some eggs. So yeah, well, exa- exactly. Know. So you know, you don't know. You never know what people are going to yeah. ob- object to. <laughs> yeah, true. some people got upset about that, didn't they? Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it. And the thing is, it's Star Wars, isn't it? And it's it's supposed to be a kids show, and it's fun and. Um, you know, I'm, you look back to the to the flack that George Lucas got about Jar Jar Binks, and then you know I sit and watch the prequels with my kids, and they enjoy yeah. them. You know, and it's yeah. you know they, they and and it's a kids film. You know, it's a, they're kids films. They, it's a kids show, and and if us adults can enjoy it as well, then there's a bonus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah big um, kids. <laughs> we haven't even really talked about like the the two amazing fight scenes in this show, like Din versus Gideon and Din versus the Dark Trooper. Yeah, which are fantastic, and and Boba Fett's piloting skills, and oh. you know, it's just. I, yeah, I actually, to be fair, I, I mean, obviously, we didn't know where things were going to go with the with the you know the post credit scene, etc. I kind of thought they were going to blow up Slave One. I kind of fe- I felt a bit nervous at that point. I thought you know, Bo-Katan's taking her time getting that shuttle into the into the into the bay the docking bay you know i'm and and you know i'm worried that slave one's gonna have to hold these tie fighters off a bit too long and and maybe maybe not kill him off but you know slave one was gonna be you know go the same way as the razor crest yeah <laughs> well, we i don't think we could take the loss of two boba fett's oh, in one day um no. and that which no. you know is something we probably should mention yeah i just realized we haven't i guess you know obviously there's so much hype around this episode we we uh, this is our first episode since jeremy bullock passed away so yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, a huge loss to like the Star Wars fan community. He was such an active presence at, you know, conventions and fan events and things like that over the years. I mean, David, you would you would have crossed paths with with Jeremy at various points, I imagine. I'm afraid, actually, uh, with all the people I've met and interviewed um, over over my time as a Star Wars fan as a, and as a filmmaker about Star Wars um, and doing the Star Wars documentaries, I never actually met Jeremy. Uh, yeah, right. Very sadly, I. I I, um, I know Robert Watts very well, mm-hmm. who, as we know, was the associate producer on on Empire, and uh, ended up he was a producer on 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 Return of the Jedi, and he's his half brother, and he got Jeremy the gig, mm. you know. So, and I'm actually speaking with um, with Robert tomorrow, you know. So so um, you know, I'll be offering him you know the Star Wars fan collective condolence. It's very very sad indeed, because um, Jeremy was only uh, 75. Yeah, um, which is no age these days, um, and uh, yeah, very very sad. And and everybody I've I've sort of re- read about, you know, his kind of appearances at, at conventions. He was always a gentleman, mm-hmm. always gave loads of time to people, um, and just a, just a really nice guy, really. And uh, and I I interviewed Robert recently, like, and and, um, and I said to him. You know, uh, how did that come back? He said, I got Jeremy down. And I said, if, if the suit fits you, you've got the job. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, oh, isn't that great? He said, I'd never really kind of given Jeremy much, much work. He said, so, so this was great. And I got him along and he said, and he, and he made a career out of it, you know, and yeah, but just by being, you know, I mean, yes, you know, th- those films that the scenes they filmed would have taken, you know, a few days, etc., for both the movies, but then a lifetime of just you know you got you got to carry it off by being a nice person, um, and being a genuine person um, who who cares about the fans 
and and makes time for people and obviously he did and um yeah very very sad actually to think that yeah that um, the guy that brought Boba Fett to life um, all those years ago, over 40 years ago, is, is no longer with us. Yeah. I'm, I met him briefly once at a signing um, and, and do remember him just being very generous with his time. He was very funny and, you know, he, he spoke later um, at the, the event I was at in, in Glasgow at the time. And, yeah, he was just, yeah, seemed like a really nice guy. So, yeah, yeah. sad loss. Very sad it's indeed. Been a, it's been a... I know with, with Dave Prowse as well, you know, um, it's well, yeah, very, very sad. Mm. Who, um, you, you know, you mentioned there, Jeremy, obviously you have you've done, you know, a number of Star Wars related interviews over the years. I mean, what, what was some of your favourite of those, those interviews to have conducted? Oh, ah, here we go. Well, you had Roger Christian on last week, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he's, he's I mean, what, I mean, I'm very fortunate, a bit like you guys, you know, you get to speak to your heroes and, and, um, you know, meeting the people for the Galaxy Britain built was, and, you know, when, when you, and I'm sure it's the same with you, when you get an email that drops into your inbox from somebody who you've been chasing for a while mm-hmm. uh, or trying to track down or you want to talk to them on, on the podcast or, in my case, get them to, to talk on camera, um, when you get that email or a message, yeah. you know, and you think, oh, I've got them. Wow, this is brilliant! And then, and then, of course, you meet them, and they're really nice people. And of course, they're just down to earth like us, and 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 you know, they're very modest people. Um, but they were all they were all great. I mean, I really loved. I mean, I, I think they're all fantastic. I mean, I can't really single anybody out, but I think for me, meeting Gareth Edwards um, and chatting to Gareth um, because, of course, he he went from being, you know, he was a Star Wars fan. Um, and it's all it's all in my book as well. He's a Star Wars fan, and he he worked at the BBC. He was a VFX editor, and he was working with Colin Gowdy, and they were both working at the BBC. And they started chatting about Star Wars, and they were just, you know, he would deliver a VFX shop to Colin. And an hour and a half, two hours later, they hadn't done any work. They were just talking about Star Wars. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so what's wonderful about their kind of their friendship grew. And they made, you know, Monsters Together, um, which is a fabulous movie. Mm. Uh, really brilliant film. Um, from there, Gareth got Godzilla and then was offered Rogue One. And then he got Colin on the, on the edit, you know. And, and, and to, so to ch- sit and chat with, with Gareth, um, you know, he's, he's, he's incredibly modest and um, very talented. And so, so I think I think it was really nice to talk to the new generation of the guys that made the next lot of Star Wars because they were Star Wars fans for me was special. So with with Gareth and with Colin, and Colin's become a great friend. In fact, every week we watch a movie together on Zoom. So so me, him, and, and Matt, who edited Galaxy, we sit and we watch a we watch a film. Uh, he's buried in an edit at the moment um, for a movie, but um, we we've been watching all kinds of things like you know tr- traditional Christmas films like Die Hard. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> like that. And and I think that for that with you know chatting sitting and chatting to those guys because um the guys that went before, you know, they they paved the way. They they created the look of Star Wars, basically out of necessity because they had no money. Mm. Um but then you've got the fans like us and people like Gareth and Colin who grew up with Star Wars and then ended up becoming filmmakers because of it. Yeah. And then get to make Rogue One, which is just, in my opinion, a masterpiece. Yeah. You know, it's- I um, I met Gareth once when he toured down to Australia for Monsters, 
and yeah. uh, got, got to interview him then. Um, and, you know, we we're only supposed to have 20 minutes. He gave me like 45, I think it was. Yeah. And yeah. We, we got onto Star Wars somehow, you know, little did we know back in those days that oh, yeah. he'd go on to do it. So, yeah, it was, it was great to to sort of see what a great fan he was back then and have the memory of that. But he, he stands out as one of the, the nicest people I ever interviewed because he was so generous with his time and so tuned in to, to the stuff he was, was making films about. Mm. Absolutely. He's, he's just, he's just very switched on. And, um, you know, he, he has this kind of, because he has a love of it, I think. And I think that comes back to what we're saying about the Mandalorian. It's, it's, you know, mm. the people that love it and, and have grown up with it. Um, and have been inspired by it, and now the ones making it because they they're making it so they can enjoy it. Yeah, if they enjoy it, then the, then the likelihood is we're going to enjoy it. So I think that's why all the fans are. But also, they're not forgetting. Well, I think that it seems like they're not forgetting the kind of fun element where you're appealing to the to the next generation, the children, you know, our kids who, are, mm. who we're making watch it, but then they fall in love with it. You know, and then they they they're the next ones who will, will go on to to keep Star Wars going. Mm. So uh, when you made Toy Empire, uh, I understand that you got yourself three D scanned and uh, made into a, a three point seven five inch Star Wars figure, which I is did. Ex- excellent use of taxpayer money. I have to say, <laughs> fully approve. <laughs> well, now I've left the BBC, I can say what I like. But yeah. yeah. Um, where, where does yes, it live? Did, did the BBC keep it or do you have it in your house? I have them. Well, they wouldn't want those, would they? I've got a whole box. <laughs> I've got a whole box of 3.75 figures of me. So this was the director who, who's the guy that, um, the guy that made, uh, helped me make Galaxy, Matt. And he said, we need to get you 3D body scan and have you turned into a figure. So I had about 20 in different positions, you know, sitting and standing and different facial expressions and then they did one of me as a stormtrooper as well with the helmet under my arm <laughs> so so um i got to keep those um, i've done a show for channel four in the uk which goes out new year's eve where they talk about britain's best-selling toys and i was invited on obviously to talk about star wars and they said well can you bring the figures of you and i said i don't want to look like too much of a nerd and they said well you are <laughs> so just bring them with you <laughs> <laughs> So I looked at the promotional stills yesterday on the Channel 4 website, and there's a picture of me with, there's all these other people, these other like celebs and stuff sitting there looking really cool. And I've got, <laughs> I'm holding this thing of me like, yeah, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so anyway, there we are. So they had, you know, they, and, and also the fact that I was born on May the 4th, that no one can quite believe. Yeah. So they, that kind of, <laughs> but yeah, no, I've I, got, I've got, they're, they're in my office at home. That's good. I've got a Porkins figure, which is, you know, just... <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty much you know yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't have one but if i did it would be pretty much i'm not getting thing. involved in this <laughs> yeah <laughs> what's uh what's your mo- aside from yourself what's your what's your most prized sort of star wars figure or toy i mean from the you know from the from the pallet toy range rowan mine is not from mine is not prized at all the one <laughs> i've got i think i think for me, i mean i don't i'm not a collector in the sense that i go you know buy the box stuff i mean i did all that in i filmed that in the documentary toy empire um and i saw the ridiculous money things are going for two and a half three thousand pounds um mm. i'm not sure what that equates to in, in australian dollars but it's a ridiculous amount of money mm. um i've got a lot of my originals i've still got my original Millennium falcon I've got my um, Atat or Imperial Walker, mm-hmm. um, and I've got you know the, I've got the tw- I've got you know some of my original twelve still, and I just added to that by spending a few quid just to, to top them up. But I haven't I haven't gone mad in that sense. But I, I, I so the, my most prized ones probably is the the 
by Han Solo and Luke Skywalker that I've still got from from when I was a kid. The big headed yeah. Han Solo, that, and the <laughs> yeah. hairs are worn away, the paint is all worn away. Um, and uh, and I've got a I've got a lightsaber, uh, Return of the Jedi from Master Replica's lightsaber hilt, which is just like the one we saw in uh, the last episode of The Mandalorian. That's when I looked and I went, ah, "It's him." Yeah, because <laughs> uh, I got that hilt. It's basically a piece of turned metal with a with a of a number on it, and um, you know, but yeah. that really special. Um, yeah. But actually, thinking about it, the things that are really special to me are the the posters I've got with signed by all the guys who I met um, for the Galaxy Britain mm. built. Um, you know, so yeah, it's it's nice. To, I'm looking at them in my office now, and you've got you know people who's no longer with us. You know, like John Mollo, the mm-hmm. costume designer, and, and Gary Kurtz the producer, um, you know, and, and lovely messages on there, you know, mainly may the force be with you. Obviously. <laughs> um, but you know, it's, it's just nice, you know, to, to, to think I look up at those and think, yeah, that was a great, a great time in my life to make those, to make those films. And uh, we were the last people to interview John and Gary. Right. Um, so, so we've got, you know, we were there to, to kind of um, capture their memories. Um, we didn't know for the last time. Um, and sadly it was, but they're, they're there forever. You know, people can go back and watch those and, and see their memories of, of working on Star Wars. And at the time it was just another movie to them, but it's become, well, look, here we are discussing the Mandalorian and what's to come in the future because of what these guys started in the seventies. And this is a a time in your life that's actually coming back because as you said, you've, you've left the BBC now you're, you've started your own production company, galaxy productions, and we understand you're about to add to the documentary family. Oh, yes, I am, Baz. Um, So basically, um, galaxyproductions.net, there are clues on there um, as to what we've been up to. But but yeah, I left the BBC. The the show I presented for sort of 17 years came to an end and redundancy was on the card. So I thought, well, it's time to go. Um, I didn't have much choice, but I decided to go. Um, So so yeah, so after 23 years at the BBC in total, I I sort of took the plunge. And uh, back in the summer, while I was kind of on gardening leave, I started the company up and, and started looking at not just Star Wars documentaries, all kinds of documentaries, movie-related documentaries and stuff that really interests me. Um, and I thought, yeah, I'd, I'd really like to... And someone approached me about something. And I kind of thought, well, is that going to work? And the more I thought about it, the more I thought, yeah, I can turn this into at least a 30-minute documentary. Um, and it's virtually all filmed. And... Um, and we're hoping it's going to be released. Well, it will be released in 2021. Um, and it has a connection to Boba Fett and the Mandalorian. That's your exclusive. I've not told anybody. <laughs> that okay. So it does have, a, it does have a connection there. Um, and, and it's, as I say, it's virtual film and we're launching, um, we're launching a, a Star Wars YouTube channel called Star Wars Extra. Um, and We'll be doing a, a weekly show from next year. Not sure exactly when, but early part of next year. But there'll be content on there from next week, and it will give away what it is we've been working on. So there's going to be kind of a web series to start with, and then if we get if we get enough funds to put it all together, then then we'll we'll put a full a full thirty minute documentary together. Um, but as I say, it's all it's all kind of there, and it's 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 just it's a tribute to to, to more people that worked that worked on that worked on on Star Wars. And what's that URL again for anyone who missed it? For where? Should, oh, it's galaxyproductions.net. Excellent, excellent. Uh, yeah, you can you can see some. You see, uh, and there's a shot of me looking like I really know what I'm doing. <laughs> 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 All staged, of course. 
And where where can people see the the older docks? So they well, the older docks. Okay, so so the Galaxy Britain built um, has been buried at the moment. It's not um, unfortunately. It's it's sort of languishing in the BBC archive. It's a ninety minute documentary. Um, so unfortunately, that's not been repeated. But Toy Empire, which is the one we made for last Christmas as well, about mm. the British uh, Palatoy uh, factory and uh, the designers and the toys themselves, is actually being repeated um on bbc world this christmas so you'll be able to see it globally so it's yes. going out um on christmas eve christmas day um if you're in the uk it's going to be back on the iplayer um so yeah so you should be able to see it on bbc america as well um so yeah so local listings if you look it up you'll find it um toy empire the british force behind star wars toys um you see yeah it's going to go out quite a lot i think you'll be sick to the back teeth of me <laughs> <laughs> Now, uh, just before we just before we wrap, I mean, do we do we? Is there anything else from this episode we want to talk about? Because I can think of three things just quickly that I I, I think we you know should mention. The first is we we haven't really talked about Peyton Reed with with regards to his work directing this episode. We've more you know obviously we've talked about you know what happened in the episode, but you know when when it was sort of leaked during the week that Peyton Reed would be directing this one. You know, I, I have to admit, like, I, I think he's a great director, but I wasn't, like, jumping for joy or anything. Like, it wasn't, like, you know, it wasn't, like, a sexy choice, like, you know, Tyker to, to direct the, the finale last year. Um, but, I mean, I thought he did an incredible job. Like, this was, some, as you said, Baz, this is some of the best action we've seen in the series. Uh, obviously, all the stuff with Luke was incredible. Uh, yeah, I mean, what did you guys think of, of Peyton's, uh, you know, directing? It, it's always hard to say with a show like this as well, sort of who did what because you know there's so many people involved behind the scenes and there is sort of a house style to it like much like the marvel films but yeah you know but but yeah from from what you could glean from the episode what did you make of of peyton's uh time in the chair on this one well as you say i think there is obviously uh, as we've we've discussed and and you know there is an overarching kind of uh, feel to, to how the mandalorian has to look and and staying within those parameters and quite rightly so because you can't do anything that's kind of wildly different otherwise it doesn't feel like the, show, the same show but but yeah i think it was fantastic i mean that the, there was i mean there's nothing more i can say about it really apart from wax lyrical <laughs> just, <laughs> i gotta watch it again but yeah it's great. yeah uh, that's probably what i'm gonna do straight now but uh but yeah you're you're right i kind of I, did, I managed to miss the Peyton Reed um, news, so I I didn't know who directed it till the name came up on screen at the end. Mm. But I kind of I half expected them to go for either Favreau or pull George Lucas out of somewhere. I okay, uh, I'm glad right. you said that. I'm glad you said that because I thought I was crazy. But this, I mean, there were especially like when Luke appeared or whatever during this episode, and the fact that you know Peyton Reed's name leaked but was never confirmed, and they did make a big deal of not telling us in advance who was going to be directing each episode and writing each episode. There was part of me watching this that was like, are they going to drop the mic and have it say, you know, directed by George Lucas at the end of the episode. And, and the fact that the fact that, you know, that both of us thought that was a conceivable thing while watching the episode mm. is, is surely a compliment to, to Peyton Ray. Yeah, I reckon definitely. And, you know, especially with a, a character that George Lucas is probably his, his sort of, you know, his, um, what do you call it when it's a representative of yourself? I mean, it's, he's Luke S. It's it's him. It's, yeah, it's his uh, avatar it, in the Star Wars. His avatar in the Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's the spirit yeah, so of George it, Lucas. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Um, it would have been appropriate, but yeah, Peyton Reed did a great job, and you could really, you know, could see the Ant Man kind of running, jumping, sliding, kinetic action scenes coming into that, and it, you know, he, he does that sort of stuff really well. Yeah. Mm. 
Yeah. And I, I just can't wait to watch it again. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm due to pick my kids up from school soon. I should be going to get my, my kids. <laughs> I just, it's just, I haven't seen this yet, honest. <laughs> uh, yeah. Watch it again. <laughs> well, yeah, just quickly then, the other, the other things I just wanted to shout out quickly was, obviously, the Dark Troopers in this episode phenomenal uh yeah. that that sequence where they first sort of power up uh and there's this great oh, yeah. sort of melding of you know uh, of the soundtrack with you know the sound effects of them I, I i had to just immediately rewind that and watch that again uh in that moment that was that was so cool and such a you? you went back you went back straight away and watched that which bit. yeah which is like i don't <laughs> yeah. normally ever do that yeah. but i just thought that was such a strange like almost you know non-star wars kind of moment as well like it, you know you, you don't really normally get those kind of soundscapes in Star Wars. So I thought that was, yeah. that, it was almost like Daft Punk like or whatever. Like, yeah, that, that craft work, I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So and, was, and then you had that, then you had the kind of the siren going as well, didn't you? Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Which we know and love yeah. from, from, you know, right back in 77. You know? Yeah. yeah. And, then, and then the other, the, the, the great thing about that is like, with, you know, Ludwig Göransson, we've talked ad infinitum through these first two seasons about what a great job he does with the score and how un Star Wars it is most of the time, but yet still you know, still feels like Star Wars, even though the arrangements are completely different. I, I think I'm going to have to go back and rewatch it, but I feel like when Luke appeared, and especially when he was sort of talking to Mando and, and the others, I feel like the music, at least the way I remember it, kind of took on a more traditional John Williams-style Star Wars yeah, feel in those did. moments. Um, so that was like really a really nice touch, I thought. Um, and, yeah, just the last thing is I just wanted to shout out... Uh, you know, I don't think Giancarlo Esposito has ever been better in this show oh. than he was in this episode. He 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 was clearly having so much fun. Uh, you know, he was loving all of this conflict as it unfolded. The moment the moment where he kind of realized that you know that that uh, that Bo-Katan wouldn't be able to just take the saber from yeah. from the Mando, and just the sheer amount of pleasure he was getting out of that conflict was. Uh, just uh, chef's kiss sort of yeah sort of stuff yeah he was and, and he's what he's what we always call a good baddie he's just fantastic at being bad you know yeah. and and it's all it's almost i mean you know not to kind of um denigrate his performance but it's almost that pantomime baddie where you <laughs> actually actually you actually like him yeah in that in in the sense that yeah he's he's just toying with them he's just toying with them you know, you almost expect him to go. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's he, funny. You, it's funny you say that because that was such a pantomime moment when, when you know, he's like, "Take the baby, I don't mind," and then you know, <laughs> yeah, take right. the baby, and then he immediately tries to kill him. That and, and, you I'm, know, glad, the, I'm glad that we get pantomime as well because some <laughs> some people in some parts of the world think, but of course we get this, you know, and and it is it is by no means it is actually a true compliment. It is take the baby, you know, and then oh. And, 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 yeah, it's like the it, audience it's like it's screaming at him, like, "No, like, don't do it, Mando!" You know, like he's behind you. Yeah, he's yeah. behind you. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> That's right. Oh, so good. He he reminded me his performance in this episode of one of those Wild West villains that ties people to train tracks and twirls the mustache. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's perfect. Very much so, Vaz. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. exactly what he's like. like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, and, and that's why I think it's going to be so fun if he does hang around, whether it's this show or, you know, Baz, as you say, probably makes more sense than New Republic Rangers show, you know, as sort of a mm. recurring guest star, just having a great time being evil while having to interact with the good guys. I, I, I think that'll be, that'll be a lot of fun. 
But yeah, we should. Sure. We should sorry. Could they, could they flip him now? Do you think? Is there any chance they could flip him? Oh no, I no, I really I don't I don't think there's any chance of him doing you know a a, a callus and 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 yeah. right and yeah like, yeah. He's he's so evil. He's so mustache twirlingly yeah. evil. He's the sort of he, he's the sort of character that someone like Callus looks at and says, "Are we the baddies?" You know, when yeah. when he realizes yes. that someone like yes. that is on his team. Uh, so I, I I I don't I don't think that I don't think that could work. But who who knows? Who knows? Um, I mean, look, that's probably all we can say this week. But this is uh, fair to say, Baz, this is an episode we will be talking about for years to come. I'm sure we'll be will. a day long remembered. It will be a day long remembered. <laughs> I, I mean, it's emotionally exhausting, it isn't it? Yeah, it is, yeah. really. It is 100%. Like, oh, it's going to take a lot to recover from this. I, need I feel so much better having unpacked it now with, with uh, like minded people. <laughs> Absolutely. We're and I, I hope this podcast does the same thing for, for the listeners out there. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So, and guys, if you have thoughts on the episode, feel free to, um, you know, obviously comment on, on, on the, the post that, that, uh, this episode will, will drop in on, uh, on Facebook, Twitter, etc. cetera. Uh, we're at force material on, on all your various, uh, social media platforms. You can also drop us an email at force material at gmail.com. Feel free if you, enjoyed this episode or you've had fun with this through this uh, season of the Mandalorian, feel free to drop us a five-star review on your podcast platform of choice. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say no. Baz isn't going to say no. I doubt David would say no. No, I'd say definitely do that, please. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Uh, And David, just one more time, mate, where can, where can people sort of find you and, and, and follow your exploits on, uh, on the internet? Well, you can find me just by typing my name into Twitter, David Whiteley. Um, and uh, the production company is galaxyproductions.net. And uh, yes, we have that Star Wars documentary, the third one I've done uh, in production and uh, coming soon. But a bit of info on Star Wars Extra, uh, which, which we'll, we'll put some content on there next week. So not, not far off. Well, there you go, guys. Uh, that's the, the, the end of another season of The Mandalorian, if you can believe it. Uh, I mean, we'll be back to talk about other stuff, of course. Maybe not with the same frequency we've been dropping these mandalorian recap apps every week but uh we'll we'll be around uh until next time i'm rowan williams i am baz McAllister, and i'm david whiteley and you've just taken your first step into a larger world